Good Evans, it's the Bobcast. Welcome to episode 54 with me, your host, Bob Evans, although my friends call me Kev. How are you going? Uh, we are streaming this Bobcast live on the interwebs right now. So to everyone who is tuning in as I speak to, at this very moment, just let us know. Uh, well, it sounds like everything's working sound-wise and video-wise, so hopefully um, hopefully it is. Um, so the reason that uh, I'm doing this live-streamed Bobcast is because I was uh, supposed to be playing a show in Melbourne this weekend a show that had already been postponed from June and has now been postponed once more to next year, 2022. So for those of you in Victoria, I'll be playing at the Northcote Social Club on January the 22nd next year. you got so much time to prepare for that. Um, there are still tickets available to that show, so you can go to bobevans.com.au for all the ticketing details for that and all the other shows from my Tomorrowland tour that have been rescheduled. I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has bought a ticket but also has held on to their ticket um, during uh, all this uh, postponement stuff. And you've been really patient and it means a lot uh, just in terms of giving me a little surety in, you know, what is, is pretty uncertain time. So I really appreciate that support. Um, all right. My guest on episode 54 is your friend of mine, Mr. Josh Pike, uh, the one and only recurring guest during these days of COVID and lockdowns. This episode is for everybody, of course, but, it's mostly inspired by uh, everybody in New South Wales and Victoria, where Josh and I both live. Um, currently in lockdown, looks like it's going to go for a little while yet. Um, it's really, really tough at the moment. Um, so I just want to send everyone out there who's dealing with the lockdown and all the stress and anxiety that comes with that. I just want to send lots of love and strength to everyone. I hope you're hanging in there as best you can and being kind to yourselves. And I hope this episode gives you an hour of distraction and entertainment from everything all right uh, as usual the bobcast often delves into conversation language that is very much for an adult audience only so if swearing offends you maybe tune out uh okay let's make a start this is episode 54 with josh pike a live streamed and lockdown episode of good evans it's the bobcast Josh, how you going, man? Good. <laughs> Did you say you made your own intro music? Yeah. It's yeah a, I, can ima- I can imagine I could, that it's a very like you <laughs> bit of music. I can imagine you singing over the top like, uh, you know. You, I can't you, remember what. I can't remember. It sounds remember. like a Jebediah song. It sounds like. <laughs> Not that you sound like that. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a demo. So going back to 2016 when I started doing this, um, I was demoing for carboot sale so it's a song that i just didn't finish and when i came when i started doing this i I basically just looked back through my demos of bits of music that i'd demoed and that i hadn't used for anything and um tried to find something that might be mildly appropriate but i can't remember what the i I cannot remember anything else about that song with what the melodies i was singing or what it was about or anything um it's another it's another mitchell classic (laughs) how you going man yeah i'm good yeah you know Doing, doing what we're all doing, getting through lockdown and 
canceling shows, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you're, you're looking, you're looking fresh. What's going on with the, uh, what's going on with the do? So, look, you got the new lid. Yeah. Well, I sort of inadvertently gave myself a lockdown mullet. <laughs> uh, my children are calling me mullet man. My wife's calling me thug life at the moment. Calling a thug life. Okay. Thug life. Yeah. But basically I was just trying to give myself a trim over the ears and then I was using the razor setting just to, you know, get a neat, a neat line. Yep. And I just, I, I made a slip okay. uh, and then I was like, well, I have to even this up now. So I just gave myself a kind of, a kind of a mullet. Yeah. Bald mullet down the sides. Have you yeah, seen any, know. have you seen any photos lately of Damon Albarn? No, he, he's uh, a fashionable, cool dude. Well, he has got a mullet. That's what with, that's with sort of shaved. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. I was threatening um, last time we spoke actually on the on the podcast. Uh, I can't remember how long ago that was, but um, um, I had just given myself a home haircut, um, and I was threatening my my family that I was going to get a mullet, and my kids were super into it. They were like, "Yes, get a mullet," because every every kid at school has got one. <laughs> but Kristen was totally like, "No, nah, don't get a mullet." It's a, um, it's a real thing. Mullets are like, it's a, mm. I, I don't know. I don't understand. Like mullets have, I mean, it's like you can see, it's not, it's not actually good. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not really a full mullet. Like, it's not that long at the back though, right? It's a fat, yeah, it's pretty long at the back. I guess it's, there's a bit there, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think the, what, what, is, I the think bottom the line is I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a mistake and I'm owning it. You know, like I, I Sarah was like, oh, shouldn't you just do what, don't you want to just like, just keep, you know, shave the sides all of the back. And I was like, ah, just going just gonna to go for it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, this is my haircut now. Hey, so um, for people that are listening live at the moment, um, you can uh, post questions up on Facebook. I can't see any of that at the moment. I'm scared, too scared to touch anything in front of me in case I just, like, wreck everything and crash everything. Well, I can actually, um, I, could, I could read some questions as well. Um, well, well. Well, they're going to be. Um, I've I've got my people. I've got my people who are who are going to be collecting those questions and texting them to me. So basically, what I'm saying is, post questions that you want of anything you want us to talk about, and later on in the podcast we will open the mailbag. And what in what will be a bobcast first? We'll live mailbag. So instead of reaching into the mailbag, um, f- and and delving into you know questions that somebody wrote to me last September, this will be live right now so well, it's the future it's the fucking future man live and interactive that's how we roll <laughs> what's um what's going on in the world of josh pike into i know you've been putting out some new started putting out some new music um oh, i guess that process started a little while ago now didn't it With- yeah well so i'm still i'm putting out a new record next march um which is i love i'm just so i'm stoked with the album but i'm also just really excited about just doing two albums back to back and the absence of touring. I've mm. just loved keeping new music coming. Um, I've got another couple of books coming out at the end of the year, kids books. Yeah. Um, so I did a release Chatterpuss, which is going great. You just froze. You, you just froze. And, um, I can hear you, but you, oh, you just froze for a bit. It was quite funny. No one ever freezes. No. no one ever looks good when they freeze. Whenever someone freezes, it always looks like they're having a stroke. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Sorry if anybody out there is having a stroke. Probably not something that you've just frozen again. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a gag. <laughs> um, I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> wow. 
So, yeah, and then, of course, we've just had to cancel about 35 shows, yeah. um, no, which is yeah, a stinger. Yeah. But, um, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. So I'm just being, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm bummed about that, but I'm just staying positive and I'm grateful for all the other things that are going on and, you know, I'm, it is what it is, you know. I, I'm just grateful that, you know, we're, we're healthy and happy and, and all that kind of stuff. That's all you can do, really. That's become a bit of a Pike uh, motto I've noticed over the last sort of 18 months of chatting to you. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think every time we talk you say that at least once. And um, maybe there's a merch idea there. It is what it is. Pike, <laughs> it is what it is. Instead of Mike, just do it. Pike, it is what it is. Well, it's very Buddhist, isn't it? Like you can't. I remember my my father-in-law, you know, he's a old Vietnamese Buddhist guy. It was like uh, when we had kids, he was like, just be the water, be the water. Oh, yeah. don't, don't try and like manipulate your child to sleep better or do it, you know, yeah, just yeah. like just go with it. Um, but it is, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it really is. It's just like, what are you going to do? There's, there's, there's certain things in your life that you can have an influence over and, well, I can't, I don't have no influence over this. I'm, I'm yeah. fully vaxxed. I'm all for that. It's I've safe. done that. Yep. So the, there's nothing much else I can do. Um, so how, when you ch- were choosing your um, release date for this next album that you're going to do, being I think you said March next year. Mm. Um, so how have you come? How have you decided on that date? Because um, because it sounds like you're in a similar position to kind of what I was like when I made my last record and was kind of waiting for the following year. And um, so are you just kind of going? March is kind of the earliest that you can foresee being able to roll stuff out and not be too fucked over by all the pretty much. Stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And also we'd already started the process. So, you know, we released um, to find happiness back. Gosh, I think it was January or something. So it's like, or maybe uh, I can't even remember, but it was a while ago. Yeah. And so we were going to stagger it with sort of five, uh, you know, focus tracks. They're not singles anymore. Um and so that was going to bring us up to the end of the year. And we were going to, we were thinking about releasing it this year and tying that into a big tour, but then obviously that's not going to happen. So yeah, March is, is, is more or less, like you say, it's kind of, you know, in terms of hedging our bets, that seems like a relatively safe mm. time, but who, who knows? I thought, I thought this last, before this last crazy outbreak, I thought everything was looking pretty good. And, I know. You know, I know. So, I feel yeah. like such an idiot now when I think back, like um, when I was doing promo. So my my album Tomorrowland came out in April, and then for to do, and then a June tour to support it, and all the promo I did while that record was coming out, and between April and June for the shows was all like, you know, I'm feeling really optimistic. You know, I think it's gonna, you know. Um, I think there's good reason to feel optimistic. And at the time there was, because there was really not much at all ha- was kind of happening. Yeah. And then June, it just kind of went south and it stayed there. Well, not, not everywhere, obviously, but for, uh, you know, for us. Yeah, I was, I was talking to a mate of mine in, in Queensland uh, yesterday and he's, you know, they're not in lockdown and they're, they're um, pretty, you know, pretty unrestricted. There's definitely places where you can do stuff. I keep seeing, you know, pictures of, of um, friends, you know, friends in in places where they're not restricted, playing shows like, you know, passenger Mike slash passenger is playing shows throughout Europe again. It's like, yeah, I would. Well, yeah, I didn't see that one coming over there. That's for sure. You know, I wasn't. Yeah, I, we were so ahead of the game. I know. Yeah, I did not see. 
things unfolding the way they have. I mean, from what I can tell, like things that are going on in America, like shows are happening, but um, I just saw that. Um, did you see how about Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons from Kiss have got COVID? They were, they were on tour. Yeah, they were on tour oh, doing big stadium show. So that's all been that's all been canned. But um, I also saw that um, uh, Jason Isbell is on tour. I think it's I think he's got Lucinda Williams as his support. Oh wow, massive Lucinda fan, um, which is probably how I heard about this. But yeah, he's he's kind of been sort of really on the front foot with the idea of so he's he's only letting people come to the show who are. Vaccinated, yeah, yeah, which obviously you know is still a fairly controversial topic over there and over here as well. Um, uh, but it seems like the it seems like he's got the support of most people. There's there's obviously people that are pissed off about it, but it sounds like the majority of people are on board. Yeah, I've I've noticed a few artists do that. I can't remember who else it was. Maybe Gregory Allen Isaacoff, or whatever his name is. Uh, or it might have been the Fruit Bats, some, somebody I follow on Instagram, but they are also are pretty staunchly just saying, you know, like we're just we're going to do shows, but you have to have show your, you know, COVID uh, thing, you know, vaccination passport or what, whatever it's called. I, I mean, yeah, what do you I'd think? Be, do you think that's that. going to, yeah, because I'm wondering when that's going to become an issue in Australia. I think, it w- I think that will, well, they're, they're already talking about uh, in New South Wales reopening venues. Um, for for people that are fully vaccinated, so you know you have your little green tick from from um, you know whoever the government. Yeah, well, um, it's, will it be on a mic? I haven't even looked. I, it's a, I just, I've done it. Like it's, it's yeah, you get it in you get it in your mic. Mic app. Yeah, this is, yeah, a, yeah. This is probably we're not probably qualified to give a. <laughs> do we need to? Do we need to? Um, do we need to qualify this with uh, that? We are uh, not. Yeah, we're not. Doctors we're not. We're not doctors. We're not lawyers. <laughs> We're not politicians. We're, We're not, not qualified in anything. So, and, um, I'm a, and I can't quite remember where I read about it either. So, could be wrong. But, <laughs> but anyway, but and, I, I've, and I've, I've had three glasses of wine. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I've got my green tick, and I, I would be personally. I think that's you know, you know, if it means that I lose a few fans because they're anti-vaxxers, I'm not. I won't be too upset about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same. You know, I'm, I'm. Um, yeah, I just think uh, the 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 anti-vax argument is just really really problematic. It's just murky. It's such a murky scene. Um, with all I that, saw a but- great I saw a great little um, little you know one minute uh, speech that Ben Lee did on his Instagram where he was basically just saying like you know because he's he comes from a fairly you know liberal kind of uh, you know alternative lowercase L liberal. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, he, he's said that a, a few, you know, a bunch of people that he knew from the alternative uh, medicine world and sort of you know spiritual mm. world, um, you know, have sort of appeared to be anti-vaxxers and, and have, have quizzed him on why he's so into vaccination. He, and he was just basically like, you know, in the absence of somebody, some doctor saying this is a bad thing to do. Like you can read a lot of shit about anything you want on the internet. If you want to confirm your oh, absolutely. beliefs, but if, if every doctor that you hear about is saying that it's something that that's the path you should take, then you yeah follow the experts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to find evidence for a fucking pig flying, you can, you can find it somewhere in some deep recess of the internet. But yeah, I mean, you know, like, like, like it's just, 
I, I just don't understand people who, uh, why people are so staunchly against this particular vaccination when, you know, we've all had vaccinations. Mm. And, you know, I got, I'd, had to take vaccinations before traveling to certain countries overseas. That was totally normal. We all had them as kids. My, my kids have had them growing up. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's been such a, I thought such a, such a normal part of our, of modern life and the benefits cl- have been so clear over the years, overwhelmingly clear. So but we've never had a, we've never had this sort of health crisis in the age of the internet, internet yeah. being th- the way it is. And I imagine if you just looked up and you're like, viewers have just gone to zero from, <laughs> well, and you found out that all of your fans were actually anti-vaxxers. <laughs> it's probably dropped about 20%. Uh, but, oh, look, I'm, you know, it's, look, I, I've been losing fans for years, Josh. I'm not worried about, not worried about losing anymore at these days. Um, hey, so it's uh, Father's Day tomorrow. Um, what's, uh, yeah, what are your, uh, you know, what, what do you have any Father's Day rituals? Yeah, well, I do. We we usually, I usually get a bottle of whiskey, which is lovely. Yep. And I get to sleep in, have breakfast in bed, and and that's it. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Josh, because I love it. I I actually got you a bottle of whiskey. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, um, and and also too, if anybody watching has any uh, affiliation with Lafroy or any alcohol company whatsoever. Totally open to uh, endorsements, um, <laughs> um, like this one. Or otherwise, for, like this one that I'm doing for free. Um, but seeing as though you know neither of us can leave our states, I I'm probably just going to drink it. Probably have to drink on it on your yeah. behalf. So sorry about that. But, uh, no, I appreciate it. You're doing you're like it's a gift. It's, that's the gift that you know serves both of us. But no, I'm just, giving to me. I, I mean, can you? I don't want to use your line, but. To, we were chatting on the phone the other day because, you know, that's what mates do. We just chat on the phone as well as in, during podcasts um, <laughs> that you were saying that you had a tweet that you wanted to put out and then you decided to it. <laughs> but I, I find it very pertinent. I, I don't think anybody would begrudge you for it, but that's what I want for Father's Day is pretty much what you said you wanted yeah. for Father's Day and the tweet that you didn't post, which you might as well say out loud now. Yeah, well, what I <laughs> the other day, the you know, I, the thought sort of popped into my head and I was um, going to tweet it because I thought it was funny, but then I pulled out at the last minute and just thought, ah, oh, no, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just don't know. Some people that can be sensitive, you don't know how, always know how people are going to take things. But um, basically my thought, my thought fart, which most of my tweets are basically thought farts, was um, does it make me a bad dad if the only thing that I want for Father's Day is a day away from my kids? <laughs> and that's... that's- <laughs> I, I, that's all I want as well because, like, where, it, any any other time I wouldn't say that, but it's lockdown. Like, I've I've been because I'm not touring or anything. I've been homeschooling the kids yeah. for like like eleven weeks now or something. Yeah. Or, or no, it's, it's it's sorry, not eleven weeks, but for the entire the entire term. Yeah. You know, and I love them. They're great, and they're actually doing great. You know, like I'm really proud of them. They're 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 progressing in. You know, I feel proud of us as a little unit, yeah. but fuck, man, I'd be stoked <laughs> to just like get away for a day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, you know, God, I've, the last 18 months, I mean, I haven't really been anywhere much. There's been a, the occasional gig that's kind of got over the line, but um, 
Yeah. But not many. I mean, for far, it's, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this and how it's kind of changed. Like, you know, Father's Day, I saw my father died when I was 20. So Father's Day, you know, for a long time, is kind of like not even anything that I had really celebrated. I hadn't had anything to do. And then when we had kids, obviously, and I became a dad for the first time, then it's like, oh, this is a cool novelty. Like, now all of a sudden Father's Day is about me. It's not about somebody else. And so that was fun. But then, then that novelty wears off. And so for the last few years, I've kind of been like, you know, look, it's always cute when you get little handmade presents from your kids and all that kind of stuff. And there'll come a day, uh, they'll get to an age where they don't do that anymore and I'll probably really miss it. But um, but yeah, but lately I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to sort of in the morning do the Father's Day thing, but it's not something I pay a lot of, a lot of, invest a lot of uh, my energy into. But, um, but this year, <laughs> <laughs> this year I'm fucking excited about father's day because i'm gonna milk it man i'm yeah, gonna yeah. milk the whole day i'm gonna the whole stay. day all right oh, yeah man it's not this is gonna this is gonna roll through breakfast lunch dinner i'm gonna do i'm not gonna do a fucking thing i'm gonna lift a finger but what I'm are you gonna, gonna lift a finger what will you do breakfast in bed i'll stay then... in bed for ages and eat in bed um and yeah look you know what i'm, I'm just gonna do nothing i mean i and and I guess it's like, and you may you may feel the same way, but um, yeah, just I, I've pretty much just been like a stay at home dad for so long that um, I, I'm really kind of I'm really looking forward to a, a day where I don't have to do anything and everything revolves around me. <laughs> so that's still pretty low impact. It's not like you're saying you want like you know a night away or like go on holidays or anything. you're just basically saying you don't want to do anything for a day. Yeah, just I just just leave me the fuck alone. Bring me food. <laughs> That's totally achievable. Like that's that's actually a very achievable goal. You're, you're no fuss guy. You remind me of my one of my cats, Charlie. We call him No Fuss Charlie. Just, you know, you know, he, he, he's not bothered by anything. That's what you. I'm going to call you Charlie from now on. Hey, speaking about pets, I got a uh, I got a story about my dog Alfie. Right? What a segue, mate! What a segue. You mean a seg? Segi, a segi, sugu. Um, so like. Just a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, one night, um, Alfie like he was he was like he went out he went outside. He was all wobbly, right? Oh no! And he went outside. Quite old, isn't he? Is, is Alfie's quite old? Isn't he turns. He? He's, he's about to turn fifteen at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, he's old. But anyway, he he goes all wobbly, and he he went outside. It was at night. And, Went out to find him. What he was doing? He was just kind of like standing there, and it's like he was struggling to stay up. Oh. And I got close to him and put used the torch to sort of check him out because he wasn't really moving or anything, and his eyes were just like flicking left to right. Oh Jesus! Like that. And I was like, oh man, like is he having a stroke or something? What's going on? Like, um, so we take it, we get jump in the car. Um, this is like about you know nine o'clock at night. We drive to the um, animal emergency place and um, and they check him out. And he has, and so they diagnosed him with this thing called vestibular disease, mm. which is um, apparently not uncommon for old dogs, but um, but it just they lose, they basically just lose their sense of balance, and they get they get nausea because it's like the whole world is like just like spinning around. And anyway, he was he was really like he wasn't eating. Um, oh. He was going days and days without eating, right? And, and, you know, kind of dealing with this vestibular disease thing. 
and getting to the point where we were starting to think, oh, shit, you know, like, is this time, you mm. know? Um, and so, especially because he wasn't eating, because Alfie is, you know, he's a beagle. He's like a food monster. You know, he will eat anything. You know, last, uh, there was a Christmas a year or two ago where, I mean, he stole a whole roast chicken from the table at Christmas time. <laughs> ran off with it um and he wasn't eating anything and so it's all we always kind of thought oh you know we'll, we'll know when alfie's not right because he when he's off his food so he wouldn't eat. it was like five days or something he hadn't eaten a thing and um oh yeah and then he we they we got x he got x-rays and all that kind of stuff and it turns out he's got like a malignant uh, growth on his prostate Oh no! and um and possibly also in his bladder as well but without an ultrasound they're not sure no surgery, not an option because they say that he isn't uh, even, um, uh, he wouldn't even qualify for an anesthetic, let alone major surgery. They're not, they, they think with his age and health, he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't qualify for getting through just the anesthetic part. So they're just like, it's palliative care. That's your only option, right? So we're like, okay, you know, we'll just take it day by day and just see if we can get him to eat. And anyway, days are going by, no food. And I was getting really desperate like shit you know what are we going to do and so you know we were pretty much decided okay but it's palliative care now so basically throw out the rule book Alfie can do whatever he wants he can sleep <laughs> on the couch um you know lots and lots of love um eat whatever he wants so i was just like how can i get him to eat so i went to mcdonald's right now i hate mcdonald's i never go to mcdonald's it's one of the few things in this world that i boycott um but i was just like oh you know surely something like McDonald's. So I bought a burger and some nuggets and chips, just a bunch of different stuff and gave it to him. And um, he kind of wasn't really that into it. And then Ella was home because I think she had a sniffle. So she was home from school. This was not during lockdown, just before it happened. And um, gave him a little bit of an LCM bar, which is these little sticky kind of yogurty mm. rice crispy. And he ate it. I was like, oh, my God. And then we go, I tried him again with the burger and some chips and he started eating that as well. It was like this little little switch was flicked Ooh. and he just started eating. And so we were just giving him whatever. I went and bought some like tins of my dog, which is, you know, pretty, uh, not the healthiest dog food around, but, um, but dogs uh, do, are known to like it. Um, and because he's just eating really <laughs> the blandest dry food for his whole life. Anyway, we're just letting him eat whatever he wants and he starts eating again. And then gradually he started sort of recovering from his vestibular thing and, now he's he's balance is kind of, he's still wobbly um and he probably always will be but he's really kind of turned a corner and come back and it was like not only was it a massive relief for us all because with the year that we've had it was like come on you got to oh, no, yeah, surely God. you're not going to surely my fucking dog's not going to die as well um and but it was just like cuz we've just been like just absolutely just showering him with so much love and attention and letting him do whatever he wants. It's amazing, like, how, um, what an effect that has. Like, he's responded to shitloads of love and just being given, you know, run of the place so much. And now he's like, he's not back. Well, the moral to of the story is to, to spoil, spoil people. The moral of the story is to spoil. Well, if much. somebody's not well, spoil them rotten. Um, but yeah, isn't it incredible? Like how the how physically your health can improve so much from something you know that something from this just emotional support and all that. Oh kind of. yeah, incredible. So um so yeah, that was my alpha news. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's 
it was still sort of taking it week by week, but he's but definitely um he's definitely pretty good now. So I reckon. I, I actually remember. I remember when you got Alfie. Yeah. That, that's how long a, we've known each other. We were making basement birds. At yeah, yeah. Place. And I, I remember right. I, I stayed at your place in Perth somewhere, yeah. and you had Alfie, and he was he, he was a bit of a nightmare. I got to tell he was you, a terror. He was a shocker. <laughs> he was the naughtiest dog. I was sleeping on your couch, and he no, that's right. No, you had a spare bedroom. I had a my own yeah. spare bedroom, but he was like, yeah, he was uh, scratching on the door oh, and stuff. Scratching right? on the door. <laughs> yeah, one time, him. there was one time um, when he was he's a gorgeous looking dog. Um. One time, around uh, about that time, when he was a little puppy and he was just a nightmare, out of control. And Sarah Blasco was on tour and she was doing this thing in each place where she was just inviting friends or people from um, each city to come and do songs with her and stuff. And she asked me if I wanted to um, jump up with her in Perth and I said yes. So she comes around to my house the day before or the day of the show to do a little rehearsal at my kitchen table. And like Alfie would just like, if somebody could, when you come through the door, Alfie would just run up and just start jumping all over you, right? And it was only a little puppy. So it was, it was more annoying than anything. But um, I had to, um, <laughs> the whole time Sarah was there, was sitting in my kitchen practicing his songs. I had to put him on his lead and tie his lead to the um, <laughs> leg, to the leg of the couch, just to, and it, just to keep him away from her because otherwise he would just, and he'd, ch- he'd jump up and he'd chew on your, yeah, I remember it, he would just. I remember how my like my shins were just covered in bleeding <laughs> scratches because he would just sit there and go. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and I actually got one of them got infected. I never told you this, but one of them. Bullshit! This is this is not true. No, one of them got infected. I, had to go, I, I was on antibiotics for like six months. <laughs> it was heavy, man. And the doctor, I was on alphibiotics. <laughs> All right, that's a dad joke for your Father's Day celebration. <sighs> okay, I'm, I think we need to move on. All right, so um, <laughs> I, I no, look, we all know. I think everyone knows by now that Josh is uh, you're a numbers man, Josh, aren't you? You love I'm not you. You always say this. I'm like you love the figures. You love getting deep and dirty with the I figures, the making yeah, calculations, true. extrapolating yeah. data. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Coming up with scientifically accurate conclusions. You love all that <laughs> stuff. No, they're always a numbers man. Um, well, I was saying this. I was saying this to somebody the other day when we did Basement Birds. <laughs> oh, I was saying it to you. I was saying it to you the other day <laughs> when we did Basement Birds. You guys are always like, oh, "Ask Josh, he's the numbers guy," and it just became this thing. But I'm not the numbers guy. You were always, you were always <laughs> spouting out like I was always crunching numbers. the numbers. You were always crunching the numbers. Thank well, you. Okay. okay, I'm the number. Okay, fine, I'm the numbers. So guy. what I thought I'd do is I come up with a little quiz. <laughs> oh, <no>. All right. <laughs> To test, to test your numbers abilities. Oh, okay? <laughs> I'm terrible at maths. I'm just good at like analyzing data. I'm not okay. good at maths. All right. Oh. This first first one, I tried to make the first one kind of easy. All right. Okay. The first time, Josh, that you had a song in Triple J's Hottest 100 was in 2005, 2005. and the last 2005, and the last time, yeah, was in 2013, I think. Yeah. If you would add together the number that Middle of the Hill came. And the number that Leeward side came in, what would the final figure be? <laughs> so what? I don't know. I don't know what they came in at. What did Middle of the Hill come Middle in? Middle of the Hill was 19 or something. Right. And what did Leeward side come in? I don't at? know. I don't, I don't know. Well, you might just have to get I'll give you a clue and tell you that you're correct about Middle of the Hill. It came okay, in at 19. It, Leeward was like in the 70s or something, wasn't it? It wasn't like, it wasn't high, wasn't it? You're, in, you know? the ball, you're in the ballpark. Of course, I'd know. I've made the quiz. 
So 19 plus 70, or like say 80, 90, say 90. The answer is 107. Um, Leeward side came in at 88. You see, 19 plus 88 is 107. You need the data. I need the, <laughs> I need the correct data to right, make I, the calculation. All right. I thought that would have been an easy one, but maybe not. Maybe I was. I wrong. don't know. I don't keep track of my own successes. You know, like yeah. there's too many. There's okay. too many to keep well, track of. We'll change tax. Okay. We'll change tax. It's like asking Elon Musk to like count all his money. It's like <laughs> too many. There's too many successes. All right. We'll change tax. So. Okay. There's a local metal band, right? They're called the yes. Doom, they're called the Doom Scrollers. I just made them up. I just made them oh, up. Okay. So anyway, this is a hypothetical. So local okay. band, local metal band, Doom Scrollers. Let's say they're from Canberra. They just played their album launch show last night. Okay. Right. They sold 250 tickets. 250. Yep. At twenty dollars a head. 250. Yep. 250 tickets at twenty dollars a head. How much yep. money do they make after giving their booking agent a ten percent commission? Uh, four hundred four thousand five hundred dollars. There we go. Boom. That was fast, man. That was super yeah. fast. There's no way I had to use a calculator to figure That's that out. That's why I was always crunching the numbers about this. Know. is what I'm talking about. This is what yeah. I'm talking about. Okay. All right. We've got right. to start. All right. All right. Question number three. We're going to stay with the Doom Scrollers here. Okay. Doom Scrollers. Yep. This is a harder one. Actually, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to do the next one. I'm going to try and ramp up the. I'll give you what I think is the next easiest one. So you give what okay, all right. okay. So the Doom Scrollers, being a metal band, right? Yep. Doom they got a lot of young teenagers following them, and um, so they sold a lot of. They sold a substantial amount of merch last yes. night at their show them. in Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> they had three hundred screaming fans singing along to all their hit songs. Yep. And at the end of the night, they took in two thousand one hundred dollars in merch. Yeah. On an average, how much did they just seven dollars? Spend not the merch. That's seven dollars. That's well easy, done. man. This is like yeah, this okay. is like the shit that my I've been homeschooling my kids in. That's <laughs> easy shit, man. All right, let's take it up a notch. This is going. This is harder. All right, the Doom Scrollers, right? Doom <laughs> Scrollers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now yeah. the first time they played a show in Perth, yeah, they drew one hundred punters. Yeah, okay. The second time they drew one hundred and sixty. Okay. How many punters can they expect to draw the next time they play in Perth at this current rate of growth? Oh, hundred um, the first time, hundred and sixty the second time. If they, if that trend continues, how many? Two twenty. Right? Very close. Oh, hang on, what? One sixty plus six? Isn't it one sixty plus sixty? First show was a hundred. Yeah. The next show they got one hundred and sixty at so that rate of growth. If you think about it as like a little graph. Oh, okay, okay. So one sixty plus sixty percent, two hundred and fifty-six. Oh my god, that is good. That is good. Is that I'm, right? Yes. I'm really. I don't impressed. give a shit about. I don't give a shit about your maths, man. It's I fun. am really impressed. That is good. Okay, so I think we're up to the last question. Um, right. You've three, got three out of four. So if you get this one right, that's four out of five as a percentage. Four out of five as a percentage is 80%. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question. This is a tough one. Okay, this is going to test you. All right. Okay. The drummer and the bass player of the Doom Scrollers are chatting Doom backstage. <laughs> Doom Scrollers? The Boom Scrollers. Doom Scrollers. Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're chatting backstage after their show, right? As you do. And the drummer says to the bass player, two years ago, Two. I, I was three times as old as my little brother was. <laughs> In three years' time, I'll be twice as old as him. <laughs> How old is the drummer and his little brother? <laughs> so uh, two, two, two years ago, yeah. two years ago, two years, 
The drummer was three times as old as his little brother. So two years ago, he was three times as old as his little brother. But in three years' time, he'll be twice as old as his little brother. So how old are they right now? Two years ago, um, 12 and 32? No. <laughs> that's a that's a hard one, man. That I, is a hard one. Yeah. Well, that's why I left it to last. I wanted to. No. The just give is, me a budget. Just give me a budget, and I'll you know. I I'll know. Well, the all the actual gig appropriate ones you you did with these. Um. So the answer is uh, the drummer's seventeen and his little brother's seven because two years ago they were fifteen and five, so it was three times as old, and in three years' time they'll be twenty and ten. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well done, well done, Josh. Professor, Professor Pike. Hey, can I can I get in on a on a on a on a question thing? Can I can I um can I grab your audience to ask a question of your audience? To ask a question? Oh, well, I don't know how. Okay, how 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 would you propose doing it? You're just going to ask a question and people? No, can... no, 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 no. So last night on Instagram, so I saw these photos of this oh, yeah. of these I saw these. Pictures, right? There's these pictures. One is Marilyn Monroe. Hang on, hang on a second, Josh. Last night, you are on the internet. This was bitches. No, no, no. I wasn't on the internet. They're hanging on the wall. Oh, okay. Oh, right, cool. All of just making place, sure. Right? Just, just making so there's sure one that... is uh, Marilyn Monroe. One is John Travolta. Huh? No, 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 sorry. No, keep going. Keep going. So John Travolta, Marilyn Monroe, and then there's this third picture. It's kind of like abstract images. And I, I, I recognise this face, but I can't figure out who it is. So I posted it on my Instagram. There was countless, um, you know, theories, but none of them ring the bell that I'm looking for. So I want to. I'm just going to share my screen and and see if anybody knows who this is. Can can everybody see that? I I can see it. Yep. Um, okay. So can everybody see it? I don't know. That's well. Just, I'm um, looking at your live event. There's a uh, bit of a time lag. Yeah, well, that should come through. But anyway, so this, so people have said, is it Tim, uh, Steve McQueen, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Michael C. Hall? You know, Michael J. Fox gets a lot, a lot of things, but I don't think I don't it's think Michael it looks J. like Fox. him. Nah. Um, Emilio Estevez gets a lot, which, but it's not. I can kind of see that. Um, Oh, Bob Evans looks like a Beck album cover to me. Yeah, but, uh, I even I even reminds, liked that, and I don't remember. <laughs> it um, reminds me of um, just the style of it. Reminds me of those um, of like uh, what was that? Sea Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. It's, I love. I love it. So, if anybody knows, I just like uh, this is k- absolutely killing me. I thought it was maybe I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, Someone it? said Elton John. That does what? No, it doesn't look like Elton John. Michael J. Fox, another, yeah, there's a lot of, I thought it might have been this guy, Andrew McCarthy, which it kind of looks like. Who's that? Uh, I'll see if I can pull up a picture of Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy. Sort of looks like this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see that. The young man. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I recognise that guy. Um, I can't. I can't seem to. Yeah, this kind of looks like him. Yeah, I know him. Sort from, of. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't it? Sort of fire. Like but that's, that's not. I don't think it is. So, I, I to me, it, it's it's someone that's kind of like. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I'm just still sharing my screen. Um, 
to me, it, it looks like somebody from the sort of um, James Spader era. Anyway, look, it is killing me. It is driving me absolutely mental. Right. So well, we're getting some. We're, get, we're getting some uh, suggestions. Um, oh, great, Ruby, uh, Ruby Tupelo or Tupelo? Uh, excuse me if I've got that wrong. Um, suggested David Tennant, which I saw a few people. Suggested. Yeah, there's a few people have mentioned that as well. Catherine Chatfield suggested Gary Newman. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. I think so. Kind of, but maybe it's the mouth. Um, Sarah Pond, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, she still thinks it's Michael J. Fox. I don't no, so. no. Um, Jude Tuesday reckons Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, that's another Gary know. Newman. Rick Astley. No. Um, James Franco. No. Michael Douglas. David Bowie. Come on, Chris Topher. No, come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> but isn't it fascinating? There's so many, yeah. like, so many different suggestions of who this person is. But in and I mean, Lord knows some of them. They could be correct, but in my mind, there is this guy, and I, I, when I see the picture, I know I just can't. And I have spent like probably an hour scrolling through the internet, looking like eighties, eighties male film stars, and I just can't get it, and it's driving me spare. So, <laughs> look, if anybody can figure We're it out, solve it. We got to solve it. Get back this. to me. It's All just right. killing me. Hey, um, so people have been posting questions and stuff for us to answer, which, uh, so we're going to get to the mailbag, the live mailbag really soon. But I just wondered, Josh, if, um, um, if you felt like, uh, you know, strumming a, strumming a song for us just to get us across to the mail, just to give us a good seek into the, into the mailbag section. You don't even have to ask me twice, you know, I'm ready to go. So I thought I would just play, um, you know, uh, oh, someone's just said, can you drag the photo into Google Images and see what comes up? That's a great suggestion, Alex Manning. Right. I, I will do that. I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to post the results. So I thought I'd just play a little ditty called Middle of the Hill because, uh, I don't know, it's just I know how to play it. It's always a good reason to play a song. Yeah. <laughs> this is a song called Middle of the Hill. Uh, Kev, I'm going, to, I'm going to stop halfway through for you to sing one verse. Oh, shit. Um, do you know, actually, do you remember, I remember um, I went and saw you play the Metro um, one time years ago, probably in 2000. And I start playing it. You started playing Middle yeah, of the yeah, Hill yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone like was cheering and then you, and then you stop and you're like, I'm not Josh Pike, all right, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Kev. Why'd you start playing the fucking song then, bro? <laughs> oh, those are the days. All right, here we go. <laughs> Oh, hang on, wait. I just want to change my filter to just get. Oh, um, uh, yes. It's to put you in a gig. Have you got a. Can you, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. It's go. just a nice theater. All right. This is what it feels <laughs> like, guys. I feel like I'm finally back on stage. <laughs> when I was a kid, I grew up in a house on a hill. Not the top, not the bottom, but the middle. And I still remember where I cracked my head. In the vacant lot, there's a row of tiny houses there now. Down the street said a dog couldn't bark Cause a man with an ax 
Let's cut its voice box out. My older sister told me that it wasn't broke true. And I believe what she said, cause she took me by the hand one time. When a couple men drove down the hill in a white van, said there was a phone box filled with money around the corner, and I would have gone along. She took me by the hand to the house in the middle of the hill, the middle of the hill, the middle of the hill. And our mother knew the words to a lot of different songs, and we'd always sing the harmonies when we'd sing along. She had cool, cool hands when the fever hit. And the noises that the trains made sounded like people in my head And the stories that the ceiling told through the pictures in the brains of the pine wood boards And I could stay outside till the sky went red And I could cool my head on the concrete steps And we could never really see the top from the bottom But I'd rain up the pitch to the things when I got them We never really see the top from the bottom but Josh, thank you for that. My pleasure. It's lovely to play a uh, beautiful, it's such a beautiful theater song. Yeah, in this beautiful <laughs> theater. Um, huh? <laughs> All right, time. To, let's, let's get into the mailbag. Um, lots of questions. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and thanks for asking questions. And um, here we go. First question is from Sarah Hill. Um, Kev, have you been asked to play at the AFL Grand Final yet? The answer is no. Um, Jebediah, I can see people have been suggesting Jebediah and I would love to play the AFL Grand Final, but I'm in Melbourne and apparently only footballers are allowed to travel interstate. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, but, yes. Um, uh, Bob Evans, have you gone for the Shiraz or the Pinot tonight? The Shiraz. Oh, no, it's a blend. It's a, it's a blend of all sorts of stuff. It's just a cheap bottle. Um, Alex Manning, Bob and Josh. How's homeschooling going with the kids? How's home? Well, we talked a little bit about this already, I guess. But um, yeah, how's homeschooling going for you, Josh? You, you feeling like the kids are, are um, at the very least, are they are they thriving in the homeschooling environment, or at the very least, they're 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 tracking good? Well, it's it's sort of this swings and roundabouts thing, I guess, as as it is with with most things. At this That's period. another Josh Pikeism. I know. Well, I've got, it is what it is. Swings and roundabouts. That's I want to get my next two tattoos is a swing and a roundabout and a roundabout. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> the yeah. So one of my kids is like highly sociable and really enjoys school for the social aspects. Yeah. Um, and he he's a, he's fine now, but at first it was a struggle for him. Yeah. Luckily, my kids get along great, so they they they're okay. Yeah. Uh, my other kid, you know, he doesn't really enjoy school anyway for a variety of reasons. So he's loving homeschool um, yeah. and it's actually benefiting. Uh, I think it's benefiting them both in terms of the, I mean, like, you know, obviously this is no shade to teachers. Teachers have to usually deal with 20, you know, 26 to 30 kids. Right. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that I'm able to be fully one on one board for one on one teaching makes a big difference. So I think they've actually kind of, done all right in one sense but definitely the social aspect is yeah is tricky so we've tried to organize a lot of zoom calls with their mates and um, yeah. with their family and stuff and 
Uh, and the school has only just now started doing a bunch more Zoom lessons. Um, yes, same with us. Which is good. So, yeah, yeah I mean, again, like, you just got to be grateful for 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 what what is, I mean, man, it could be a lot worse. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty much the same here as well. Um, the girls have been fine. I think kids generally are, are pretty resilient by nature. And um, and like you said, you know, a teacher with a class of between 20 and 30 kids can only give that small amount of one-on-one time each day. Um, so being at home, you can, you know, it can be literally hours, which is, you know, for some kids, they really, you know, really benefited from. So yeah, the kids are going fine. And apparently here in Victoria, the last NAPLAN results were, you know, the best in the country or something. So, Is that right? Know, um, again, don't quote me on this, but um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think there's, look, there, there seems to be evidence that, um, you know, people are doing a pretty good job at um, getting their kids through this. And I know that it's, there is a big movement um, of parents that want their kids to go back to school as soon as possible under whatever circumstances i think uh you know i don't i i don't think it's good policy to you know just be sending kids back to school just because um their parents are sick of having them at home all the time (laughs) you know like it's got to be especially now that kids are you know kids are getting it now um Last year, it wasn't really affecting them, but now I think, like, last time I saw people in, in, in Victoria, the people that were in hospital with COVID, half of them were under the age of 20. So, um, so it's, a pretty different, it's a pretty different situation now mm. than it was last year. Um, a niece, Purple Girl, has asked, will you two tour together again? When you can, of course, bloody COVID. I was thinking about this and Never. because it occurred, <laughs> it occurred to me that... Like it's it's already been five years since we did that ten year reunion tour. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'd love, I, I would I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. It was it's great. It's only five it. years till the twenty year anniversary. Holy! It felt like the ten years. I know. It felt like the ten years between two thousand five and two thousand fifteen. Or was that what it was? I six sixteen. That was my, like my, forever. Time is just crazy. Like my oldest son turned eleven <laughs> last week. You know, yeah. like eleven. I've been working for. Over 11 years now, you know, because he's obviously he's turned 11, so this is his 12th year. And, like, man, I feel in my mind, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm 24, you know? I feel like I'm 58. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel young. I feel like I'm a kid. Like, and, and like, to the point where I think of, my, like, I almost feel like I'm my children's older brother than, you know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I try and parent, but... But you know what I mean? Like, so the idea that our touring would be our 20 year anniversary, doesn't that make us like 70 years old or something? No, it's nuts. Isn't That's it? fucked. But yeah, but anyway, to answer that question, I would, you know, flash in a heartbeat. I'd love to. This is mad fun. I'd do it again at any time. Uh, Megan asks, my question is, what are some of your sweet memories from touring in the 90s and noughties? Well, we don't really have, well, I wasn't touring in the nineties. Nineties was Jebediah stuff. Um, sweet memories from the noughties. Any any sw- any memories you would describe as particularly sweet? Um, what about um, in Byron Bay dancing in the car park to um, <laughs> MIA? Oh man, that was great. <laughs> that was on that that tour. 
Oh, maybe. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about exactly what happened, but that was, we probably can't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of hilarity. It was a was long awesome. night. Yeah, we just had a, we had a car park party. It was awesome. Yeah. We just, after the show, like, it was probably like two o'clock in the morning. We drove down to the beach and we had the touring Rago. And yeah. for various reasons, we just felt like we should dance. All well, I think MIA, I think I'd only just discuss MIA, the album A Ruler, I think it only recently come out. This was in 2006. So I think it was a pretty new record. Yeah. Pretty new record. And um, and I was just, I just totally fell head over heels in love with this album. Yeah, it was, um, it's, it's, it's still, yeah. it still stands up. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, that's that's an unsweet memory that comes to mind quite quickly. Um, I also remember the very the very first night of that tour, we because we it was like you know super super low fi and we we had to share a room, like actually share a room, not just share it like you know yeah like in the same room, two single beds. <laughs> and I remember just trying to go to bed and just giggling and like every time there was silence for a while, one of us would go make a fart noise. Fart, and go, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the other one would laugh. Oh man, I mean that is some yeah. like immature shit right there, but that was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought all the questions that have been sent. Oh, no, hang on. Tune in like, will the Basement Birds ever make another record? Oh, man, I, I can't believe that people still ask this question. <laughs> I think, look, I think it's very unlikely that the Basement Birds will ever make another record, Ruby. So, um, sorry, but we, you know, you've got that one. That one's pretty good. I listened to it the other day. It's like, it's, it's did we give it, a, it's just good. called Basement Birds, right? We didn't give it a name. Uh, yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't no. give it a day. It's just basically. Yeah, well, that's eponymous. Eponymous. Well, that's. But I, I guess what I was going to say, like, it's perfect that it's just basement verse, basement verse. If it's the only record that we ever do, because it's just yeah. basement, that's it. That's what it that's is. It. That's What's what basement it was. Birds? It's basement verse. It's Moment in time. Basement verse. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, Bob, and Josh, what duet would you like to do that you haven't done together? So, what duets have we done? To, we, we we've done two of us by the we Beatles on that us, first yeah. tour, and I guess there's the basement bird songs. Uh, oh, we did Patience on that first tour as well by Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you played on the banjo. I did. And then did we do? Did we do some? Did we do a cover? Did we do another cover of the um, last tour? Or we just stuck to that. Um, we lazy guys, we probably wouldn't have learnt and you. We did a Basement Bird song, and we probably felt like that. And I don't think we did a cover. Hey, that's, well, that's too think... much work. That we wouldn't have done. We that. had to learn so many fucking songs. Yeah, that's true. Like we because we played. How, how many songs we played like 20 something songs when we yeah were, and it was like we were on stage together for it was just half half it was like yeah so we had so many of each other's songs to learn that fuck learning a cover as well i tell Wouldn't you what, it though, funny if we did if actually we had actually played a cover and we just can't remember we probably did i don't know but i i still reckon you know like your song well i can't do it now oh you got a little no i can't do it i had to learn how to play um no way without, no way without you. you yeah, yeah. The... Can you hear that? Oh yeah. Come on, lay down some, lay down a rap. Let's hear it, Kev. I got to rap it. You're not really a rap. You're not. Not. I've never known you to be much I, of a rapper. I do, I, the only people that hear me rap are my kids. I rap all the time. Like, do you, I actually to be to be give myself a little bit of props i'm writing one of the things that i'm doing during lockdown or not during lockdown just one of the other things that i do is i write music for tv shows and stuff like that and i'm doing the music for an abc tv show um that i did the music for last season as well called mickey versus the world it's on all right oh it's cool i've probably seen it yeah probably my kids watch Um, abc meals on 
Yeah, so it's it's a great show. It's about a, a child psychologist, and it's a, it's funny though. But so I wrote a bunch of songs for that last season. I'm writing all the songs for that this season, and one of the songs that I had to do it's all different genres, and so I had to do a song about the concept of consent. But it it was a rap. It's a rap given wow. like de- delivered by Sleeping Beauty. And she's wow. like saying to Prince Charming, I haven't given you consent to, to wake wow. me up. Wow. Oh, my God. And you had to yeah, write was, a rap about that. That's a challenge. It awesome. Man. It was so much fun. It was like, so, yeah, so I am actually a rapper, I guess is what I'm I was sleeping about. in my bed, but I wasn't quite dead. No. no, no. If you think of coming over, I think of something else instead. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't quite dead. No, it was like, long- <laughs> there's some pretty good, there's some pretty good, um, some pretty good, Ciphers is that what there's some pretty good flows in there? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm I've got my flow. Anyway, <laughs> look out for it. Look out for it. I wrote the theme. Song I will look out for it. So it's called Mickey. What's it called? Mickey versus the world. I wrote Mickey the theme song, the world. I, which I, is I also a rap song. So I've written like three rap songs in the last that's so cool. I'll yeah. definitely I will definitely check those out. Um all right, who what else have we got? Uh uh hey guys, you're both two of biggest influences from when I started playing music. Two of my Thank earliest you. songs I learned. This is, sorry, Reese Roberts. Hi, Reese. Um, they learned Middle of the Hill and Nowhere Without You. Thank you for influencing my journey. That's no question. Just a, thanks, Reese. Good on you, man. Uh, uh, thank you, Reese. Jules Chenoweth. Nothing Lasts Forever has been in my head since New South Wales. That's a Jebediah song. Um, first got locked down in June. Is this stuck in your head too, Kevin? Sentence of the pandemic. It never stops playing in mine. Um, right, okay, Nothing Lasts Forever, yeah. I guess that could be a theme song for the pandemic. Um, I think Ben Lee's got, I mean, no one can beat Ben Lee. I mean, the fact that Catch My Disease and we're all in this together have, <laughs> from the same record, have both <laughs> become theme songs for the pandemic. I it's mean, like a, he's a fortune teller. Yeah, that record came out probably around the same time that we first went on tour. Hey, Kev, I've got a question for you. I, okay. was, I was recently looking at my APRA um, because I'm a, a numbers guy, and <laughs> I have 260 songs registered. So I've written 260 songs. How many? You would have written more than that, I reckon. I wouldn't have a clue. I don't know. Ch- check it out and and let me know because, of course, across all the Jebediah records as well as all the Bob records, I reckon you've probably done more than that. Well, how you many reckon? how many records and EPs have you done? Um, seven albums, couple of EPs. And then, you know, like the old stuff that I, you know, in my but two EPs, so that's that. maybe another album's worth you know, across the two EPs. There's yeah. all the co- co-writes and the stuff for TV shows oh, and yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. as well. So. Oh, yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Well, Jeb's have done five and Bob's done six. And then, of course, we've got the Basement Birds thing. So I don't know. how. So, so that's 11 and there's usually B-sides and stuff. So say 15. Especially in the, in the 90s, we used to do loads. Yeah, it's probably stuff. like 20 songs. An, it's probably 20 songs an album, really. So that's like 210, mm. 230. Yeah, I reckon we're probably both at around mm. 260 songs. That's, yeah. that's crazy, man. You know what's also crazy is I was looking the other day um, on my hard drive and I've probably got that many demos that have never been released going no. back. I was just sorting through them all and just cleaning it up and just deleting stuff and moving things around. And once I finished doing it, I looked through the list and, yeah, like there must have been between one and 200 songs from starting from 2003 to up until last year, all the songs that didn't make records mm. and they've just piled. I mean, there's so much stuff there. I know. It's, it's, I, when, 
it's good to reflect on that every now and then, like because the, you know there are many times when I think to myself, oh, I'm I'm out. I've got nothing. I've got nothing left." Mm-hmm. And then you know I'll, I'll go through my voice memos, and there's like 25 half formed songs that I could pretty easily turn into a song. I remember mm. reading an, an interview, uh, an article about um, Bruce Springsteen and his wife. You know, he, even the great Bruce Springsteen goes through those moments as well. And his wife said to him one time, um, "There, you know, there are more songs in you than you'll ever have time to write in yeah. your lifetime." And I, I think that's probably true of. Mm. of How many records has Bruce done? You reckon? Twenty? Uh, three? I think it's three thousand and twenty-four. <laughs> uh, records, you know, he's probably yeah, made that. <laughs> uh, it's getting pretty close to end time. I, I, um, I, I wanted to play a song as well. I want to do a cover song now. This is a song for people who haven't, um, sort of, if this is your first time tuning into one of my live streams, um, um, on the last one I did of these, and, and this is the first time I've done one with Josh, obviously, a podcast, I've done a couple just on my own, and um. Just to give you a bit of backstory to this cover, I was uh, talking about Chain Reaction uh, by Diana Ross, written by the Bee Gees, and um, just kind of um, what an amazing song it was. And uh, this song, so I, I kind of learnt it, and um, it's got chords, it's got like about, it's got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all in the same song, and about three or four different, but like A minor, fl- minus flats, like it's got the most chords of any song I've ever I've ever learned before. Um, it is a work of genius. It's also clearly now this song came out in the late '80s when I was a kid and I loved it as a kid. But um, it's one of those examples of a song where, as an adult, you go, "Oh fuck, this is a song about a female orgasm." Um, ah. It's really, really explicit. Um, and of, yeah, just a reminder that when you listen to songs as a kid, you know, the, you hear all the words, but they just don't. But it's like. <laughs> This is a fucking, and apparently I was doing some research and apparently Diana Ross, you know, she was, she has a quite an uncomfortable, had a a, quite a uncomfortable um, relationship with this song because she claimed that um, she didn't realize that um, it was so explicitly about sex and, you know, the female orgasm. And so I think she was a little bit embarrassed about that, but, um, but yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a bit of chain reaction. All right. In my best BG's falsetto. I can still see. All right, here we go. You took a mystery and made me want it. You put the pedestal and put me on it. You made me love you out of feeling nothing. Something that you do. Oh, and I was there not dancing with anyone. You took a little and you took me over You set your mark on stealing my heart away Crying, trying anything for you I'm in the middle of a chain reaction You give me all the after midnight action I wanna get you where I can let you make all your love to me I'm on a journey for the inspiration To salvation need to get to nearer to me so you can set me free talk about love 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 talk about love we talk about love 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 we talk about love 
You make me tremble when your hand moves lower You taste a little then you swallow slower Nature has a way of yielding treasure Pleasure made for you Ah, you gotta plan your future is on the run You shine a light for the whole world over you never find your love if you hide away, crying, dying. All you gotta do is get in the middle of a chain reaction. You get a middle when you're lost in action. I wanna get your love already for the sweet sensation, instant radiation. You let me hold you for the first explosion We get a picture of our love in motion My arms will cover, my lips will smother you With no more left to say Talk about love, love, love We talk about love We talk about love, love, love We talk about love You let me hold you for the first explosion my arms will cover you All I gotta do You're in the middle of a chain reaction You get a middle when you're lost in action I wanna get your love already For the sweet sensation Instant radiation You let me hold you for the first explosion We get a picture of a love and motion My arms will cover My lips will smother you with no I didn't know how to finish it because it just fades out. That is an incredible song. There's like 15 key changes. It is a remarkable song. That's um, brilliant. Yeah, I've never, I've certainly never learned or come across a song quite like it it's it is a work of genius and um yeah because there are there's key changes but they're like i don't have the vocabulary for this stuff because i've never studied music properly so um but yeah like they're not they're seamless aren't they it's like and and, but they're also they're unusual key changes they're not like big major keys they're kind of there's these kind of tonal shifts that aren't that obvious Mm. but i think you know it's like it's a good example too of like this song is incredibly technically difficult, but way they they've made it sound effortless. Effortless. No, yeah, it's yeah. that it's that thing, which is just absolute absolute genius. And yeah, it's an incredible song. And you know, we're also too. I was thinking like, you know, this song about to me, you know, it's obviously about sex, but to me, there's a lot of, you know, like I said before, alludes to a female orgasm written by men. So there you go. I don't, eh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, do, should we do any more questions before we uh, check yeah. out? Um, uh, uh, what is your favorite record of uh, this year? Josh, what's your favorite record for 2020? Oh, good. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't even know if any of the records that I'm listening to came out this year. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I really, I thought you were actually, much- you know, you know what? There's a great album that uh, I've been listening to a bit 
by oh man, I can't remember his name now. Oh, you you do yours. I'm just gonna. I just have to look something up. All right. You you, you and I put out a record um, called "The Lives of Others" this year, and um, they recorded it during last year lockdown. Mm. So um, two of the guys up in Sydney, the other two guys in Melbourne, they were never in the same room. Produced it. Davey Lane from the band produced it all himself at his house. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and it's really great. It's a really great record. And uh, I don't know, just really fun to kind of hear a band that I've loved for years and years make a record in very unique circumstances and, and in a way that they've never done before. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I also really like, uh, you know, All Day. He's, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, so he, you know, his sort of stuff he's done before is but he's sort of in that kind of, I don't know, I guess you'd call it rap urban kind of world. Um, but he's written this album. That is like pretty much all like, you know, guitar-y pop songs. Mm. Like, but at, which is totally my bag, as everybody knows. But but what's really interesting about it is not just hearing it, you know, because a band like DMA is who were involved in his record. Oh, well, they right. they do that really well. I love that band as well. Like uh, because DMA is kind of remind what they remind me of like a uh, they're like put on a, a new spin on a lot of the stuff. 90s Brit pop stuff that I love, yeah, um, like Teenage Fan Club and things like that. Um, so they were involved in this record. And but what's also interesting is hearing an artist kind of write songs, write guitar-y kind of power pop songs, but he does them coming from uh, a more of an electronic kind of background. So mm. it's this really interesting. So there's still things like. There's a lot. There's a lot of kind of like uh, vocal effects and auto tune effects and stuff like that that he still uses that that come from his kind of background of previous records. But he's kind of applied some of that stuff. And I know I find it really interesting. I think there's some good songs. It's good songs in a, uh, you know behind it all. But yeah, just hearing it sort of interpreted in that style of music interpreted in a different way, I, I found really interesting. I cannot find. This person that I've been listening to, but Julia Jacqueline, I've been listening to a lot of. That's not this year, but that's last year. But I just love Julia Jacqueline. And she, the reason I so I was listening to her, and then she did a duet with of a cover with this male uh singer-songwriter from LA. I think it's from LA, he's definitely American. And he's he's real like Elliot Smith, but he's he's got a whole album of covers. It's a covers album of like really, you know, kind of pop you know, kind of 80s pop songs and Taylor Swift songs and stuff like this. Anyway, it's really good. Mm. I can't tell you who, what his name is, but he's... <laughs> it might be Cameron something. Yeah, maybe. Oh, something. Ah, damn it. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. One one last question, and this this is a pretty broad question, but this we'll make this the final question and then we'll, we'll log off. And I just want to yeah, just thank everyone who's tuned in. I haven't looked at Facebook the whole time I've been doing this, um, but I'm assuming there are people out there listening and... Um, I hope you've enjoyed it and, and also want to say a big thanks to Josh for, um, for coming on board and, uh, you know, giving up his Saturday night. Um, well, not his whole Saturday night, but at least an hour or so of it. Um, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it and, um, and, and, yeah, you know, maybe if this all sort of has gone as seamlessly as I think it has, so maybe I'll do it again. Um, so last question. Hey, Kevin, Josh, greatest musical influences. Well, I, I think I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but it's like, how do you quantify influence? Is it so? For me, the biggest actual influence is is the band Soundgarden. I've been very, uh, you know, vocal about this over the years because I learned how to play guitar by learning 
Soundgarden song. Drop D. Is this the Drop D thing? Yeah, yeah. Drop D. So, like, I still play in Drop D. If anyone's tuned into my average guitar tutorials, which you can go to on my YouTube channel, Josh Pike, average guitar tutorials, I explain a bit about it. Um, But it's basically instead of tuning your guitar E, A, D, G, B, E, you tune it D, A, D, G, B, E, which is, you know, so Soundgarden is like... All this kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, and that's how I learned how to play guitar because I was in a punk band for, for years and we were, we were all playing those kind of power chords. And then when I started playing um, more acoustic-y stuff, um, I stayed with Drop D because I didn't really yeah. play guitar any other way. And I kind of... I didn't, I'm not saying I invented these chords, but I made up all these chords for myself and that influenced why I play, you know, middle of the hill the way I do and all this. Yeah. So in terms of actual influence on my, on my whole sound and, you know, musical career, I guess it's definitely, it's, it's, it's um, Soundgarden. And then sort of more spiritually, I guess it was like Elliot Smith. After yeah, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the Soundgarden and the Drop D thing is really interesting because, um, it's just a really interesting example of how, as an artist, you kind of pick up these different influences and you find your own unique thing. Because, you know, the fact that Soundgarden kind of put you into this, got you into this drop D thing, and it and it kind of carried through to doing a solo acoustic thing. It kind of gave you, it it makes what you do sound different to other people. It gives you a, it gives you a, a unique sound, and um, I think that's really cool. And it's not even conscious it's, it wasn't even like a, a yeah, thought out was, thing it's just completely natural it was i think it's a, it's a it's the thing that i love about music um or creativity in general you shouldn't creativity doesn't have to be and you know like this definitely holds true for this film clip that i'm releasing um on maybe next week even where i i learned basic animation to do this film clip and it's very unskillful stuff, but it you know took perseverance and patience and I, and and imagination basically. And I just think that you know whether it's music or any type of creativity, you shouldn't be limited by your skill. Really, you know, it's, mm. it's all about like expression, yeah. freedom of expression, and and letting your imagination get out of your head and and into mm. something tangible. And for me, that's what like you know playing guitar and music is just about expression rather than being like. There's some musicians. And I, you know, have the utmost respect for them, um, who have really focused on the technicality of their, of their musicality, and I just, I think that's amazing. But that's just, that's never been my thing. It's just like having a tool that I can express yeah. what's in my head for. But anyway, yeah. What about you? Great, well, great musical influence. Well, I mean, you know, like just picking up, I guess, on what you were saying. The first thing that I thought about was Nirvana because, like, you know, everyone knows "Smells Like Teen Spirit," right? <laughs> And that strumming pattern was how I wrote every song, leaving on. <laughs> Half it. <laughs> you know, like every fucking song I wrote as a teenager was, you know, like that strumming pattern. Um, and that's totally comes from Nirvana because it smells like Teen Spirit and so many of their other songs. So well, they, they took it off the Pixies, so, you know. Totally. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one in terms of, you know, early songs. But with the Bob Evans thing, I think a lot of it was probably, I mean, probably Beatles, I suppose, is the biggest influence there. Surely, surely a um, bit of blur, surely a bit of 
Damon Albarn. Blur are a huge. Blur have been a big ongoing influence, um, you know, throughout. And there's probably been times with Jebs and and with Bob where that's kind of shown itself. And um, and but yeah, I'm not sure. Like Bob, you know, there's a sort of an alt country thing. I really got into alt country music, and um, I'm trying to think who the early artists that I got into that would have inspired wasn't it, that. Um, wasn't it? I think was it you that turned me onto the album. Nashville by oh Josh Rouse. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Brad Jones, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I got your records. Yeah, yeah, that's how I heard about Josh Rouse because Craig Hawker was was a guy who suggested Brad Jones, and and Josh Rouse was one of the um, artists that you know he sort of said check this out. And, you know, it's a great record album. that. It's an awesome album. I love that record. Um, some of the early alt country stuff. When I say old country, I'm saying alternative country, not old country. Sometimes I've been quoted as saying old country when I've been when I've said <laughs> alt alt country and alt country. Um, so stuff like uh, Palace music and the Panisse Brothers and really kind of indie American music that's sort of in that it's kind of folky and country, but in a really weird way. Um, Wilco, a bit of Wilco. Wilco, absolutely. Wilco um, came around about that same afterwards, but they're, you know, a lot more accessible. Um, but, yeah, I think that was the kind of early kind of country stuff. And and I, I, don't know, I think like a lot of, you know, a lot of the Bob Evans stuff is also informed by stuff that I was listening to when I first started to learn guitar. Mm. So like, um, you know, or songs that I was listening to at the time, like Billy Joel and Mamas and the Papas and like, just stuff that was lying a record collection, stuff in my parents' record collection, or just things that were sort of lying around that I just. When did when did you just, start playing? John guitar? John Denver, you know, fucking stuff like that. Um, when did you start playing guitar? Thirteen. Yeah, when I first started high school. Yeah. What about you? About the same, wasn't it? Uh no, I was in year nine, so like okay. fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, bit of a late mate. bloomer. <laughs> well. I reckon uh, we should call it a day. Um, thank right. you so much, Pikes, for uh, doing this with me. It's been so much fun. Always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to, you know, play in front of a, an audience, albeit a virtual audience. Yeah, yeah no, this has been good. It's been exciting. And, yeah, I was saying to you before we started, um, you know, I felt that little rush of adrenaline and excitement before doing this that I remember feeling a bit before doing shows. It was quite, yeah. <laughs> it was quite strange, but it was good. So, um Thanks a lot to everybody for tuning in and listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, like I said at the top, uh, lots of love and strength to everyone in New South Wales and Victoria um, and all around Australia, but uh, particularly people in lockdown who are doing it really tough at the moment. Uh, hang in there. Um, and, yeah, we'll, look, all things all things shall pass. All things must pass. All things shall pass. Um, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. we just got to hang in there a little bit longer. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. See you, mate. Take care. See ya. Bye.